This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Seagull Social episode 13. Of course, I am your host, Maz, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ben and Ryan. How are we, chaps? Good. All good, mate. All good. Say that. Say that after (laughs) last night. As good as we can can be. As good as we can can be, be, mate. Um, I'm excited that we've got this guest, though. That's uh, that's made it all, all the better for me. Oh, look at that. Well, we won't go too much into it, Chris, but basically, so first of all, uh, Chris, hello and welcome. Um, we're, we're really, really glad to have you on the pod. How are you? How are you doing? You all right? I will only disappoint you from here on. That was <laughs> quite the introduction. I think we need to lower expectations, lads. I'm, I'm also pretty good, you know. My, good, good. my side had a little bump at the weekend. Of course, Leicester won. Last night, I do have sympathies with Leicester. Not the, the most ardent Leicester fan, but I am from Leicester. So you've kind of dragged me on through very uh, tenuous circumstances. <laughs> that's Chris, that we, uh, book dict. Yeah, we, we basically just wanted any reason to get you on. So that, that was our, that's what we, we were doing uh, yeah, to get you play. on. Um, so, so we've got you on. Um, so just, just quickly, just for everyone, of course, uh, listening, um, just, just give us a bit of an overview as to what it is you do. Of course, you're, you're quite a big presence on uh, Twitter. And of course, you work uh, with Football Daily as well. So just, just give us a bit of intro as to, to what it is you, wanna, you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a big presence on Twitter. I'd say I'm a persistent presence on Twitter <laughs> uh, for, those, for those willing to follow. Um, but of course, four or five years ago, people from the digital football community will know me as a one of the, the members of Football Daily or the most recent iteration of Football Daily. It did exist before I got there, but me uh, and a couple of others really got the ball rolling on, on this version. And we are now close to, you know, 2 million subscribers, I say close, we're 200,000 people short. That's quite a significant amount of people. Uh, but we also have Euro Football Daily, Facebook page, Snapchat page, Twitter page. So, you, you know, look, we like to think that we're, in UK terms, um, have have some clout has become a bit of a dirty word, hasn't it, when it comes to <laughs> starting a, a conversation around, you know, various elements of football. But um, say yeah, respect. Respect. Yeah, respect. I, I'd hope so. Yeah, maybe respect <laughs> feels a little bit strong. You know, people might uh, just think of us in passing, mate. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, in terms of followers, you're you're you're, you're just just to past us. We've got like I think 200 subscribers. So you're just, you know you're just you're just edging <laughs> edging past us. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ex- exactly. Exactly. Um, so no. Um, of course, you know, one day, one day we might be that football daily. You never know. But um, no, just, just for people listening, of course. Um, yeah, it's great just to know a little bit more about what you do. So let's let's talk about the football then. Um, so yeah, Brighton did play um, Leicester, and also as well, Chris. Actually, um, funny enough, you got quite a big sort of love affair with Graham Potter. So yeah. what 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 is it about Graham Potter that you love? so much it's he's just clearly a very good coach um and i say that because like the team are, are more than the sum of their parts and when sort of brighton were going toe-to-toe with some of the big boys at the start of the season you know when you had your optimum lineup let's call it and you were playing sort of that three four three or three five two you looked very very good and i really like his story as well of course has come from the lower echelons of of the English game started out coaching a university team and and then made the very brave decision to sort of 
go and manage in the Swedish fourth division. And then in the space of, I don't know, seven years, was it? Maybe. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. In Sweden, turn them into a domestic, yeah, title contender. Let's go with that. They definitely won a cup, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, as well as, you know, uh, taking them on a memorable Europa League run. So, so I suppose his underdog story appeals to me in a big way. And just the way he plays football as well is very clearly influenced by Pep Guardiola. His teams like to dominate the space. They like to dominate the ball and, you know, be very positive with it. And there's a, I think there's an expectation from maybe not Matt Ryan, but everyone else you know, <laughs> from, from Matt Ryan onwards to be able oh, to play, um, yeah, you know, Matty. really nice patterns of football. Um, yeah, yeah so 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 it appeals to me and, and I, I quite like his you know his, his scouting and and, and how bright and run as as a as a whole right they're you know quite quite a smart club and I, I think obviously the scarred history still still um they still feel it so they stay sharp in that sense maybe but so, so that that's it there's, there's no like a, I didn't you know bump into him one day I've not I'm, I'm not yet yeah. to get a grey and potter tattoo or, or anything, no, like, no, or anything so, like that yeah so that's that's about it, chaps. Oh, oh you, joined by a helicopter. Fantastic. Hopefully you <laughs> well, you're, you pl- you're playing Warzone or what? <laughs> <laughs> not not for the last couple of weeks. Football daily oh. around Christmas tends to get you know get genuinely stressful. So no, I'm fair play. Fair play. <laughs> well, you got to unwind somehow. You got to unwind somehow. So fair exactly. fair play. Um, no, no, definitely. You know, I, I think just to sort of echo that, I think yeah, his his style that he's brought to Brighton is sort of similar for me personally. Like um, a bit of Gus Poy. I don't, I don't know if you, Ben and Ryan, you agree. We you know that sort of similarities with Gus yeah. uh, in terms of his you know attacking play. Um, Ryan doesn't look as convinced as Ben. But, no, less um, drama. That's for sure. Um, you know, Gus played that sort of possession football, didn't he? But he, it was more kick it around the back for about thirty minutes and then we attack. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, like yeah, he, he, Chris is right. Like the way. Um, Potter plays like it's a as I said a way we couldn't even imagine two years ago and I don't I don't like to try and get on the back of um Chris Hewitt because everything he did for us was fantastic but yeah it's a it's a way we could never have even dreamed of you know we've got wing backs playing so high up the pitch like Lamptey and listen it didn't it didn't work yesterday um so yeah, yeah we should uh Probably so, yeah, think yeah. about that a little bit. It wasn't a great one last night. No, definitely. So, so let's get into that then. So yesterday, of course, uh, let, let's start off with then uh, the way Potter obviously set up the team. So, um, you know, it was a bit different to what, what we usually used to. Um, obviously, we had Ali J uh, playing in behind Mope, um, uh, sorry, alongside Mope. And then, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit weird. And obviously, we were missing Lamptey as well, which was a big, big blow to us. Um, so let's start with you, Ben, then. What, what, what do you think was the big sort of reason why, um, you know, well, you know, we, we clearly lost and, and less of the better team. But what, what do you think that Potter got wrong first, first and foremost? Oh, what did, yeah, what did he get wrong? It was just, I don't know, I don't know if Potter really got too much wrong. Um, I think it was just more that Leicester were brilliant. And I think, yeah, a lot of, I can name one player, Brighton player that turned up, maybe two, if, yeah, if that. Um, I think the Brendan Rodgers switch, uh, Justin and Albrighton, that was the key. I think that's what everyone's been mm. talking about. James Justin against Dan Byrne, that was a recipe for, <laughs> recipe for disaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but we have, give, given Dan Byrne credit, we, we've seen him play against Mo Salah and Theo Walcott and other speed merchants like that. And he's normally dealt with them quite well, but James Justin just had his had his pants down <laughs> for, the, for the game, unfortunately. And I think, yeah, yeah we, just, we just did not turn up and Leicester really did, did turn up. It was a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and also talking about Dan Burner, I made a point of this on, on Twitter and I, I felt like he was very isolated. Now, don't get me wrong, he, he didn't handle uh, Thomas well, but I felt like we Potter left him isolated, being one-on-one with Thomas and he had no support on that left wing. So I don't know about you, Ryan, but I felt like he you know, didn't have his best game by any stretch, but I felt like he got set up a little bit in that sense. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or, or you had any well, other view on... I don't think Potter would try and set his own players up, but... Um, no, no, of course, but... Like, I, don't, I don't know. It's just with Burn, I've never been a big Burn fan. I, I, I know people love him and like a lot of... There's a big portion of our fan base that are like the damn Burn fanboys and I sort of have to go over that. But for me, I've just never really been on his hype and like, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a great guy and all that, but... I just don't think he's good enough. And yesterday, I think it proved that he just got done 
every single time on that side in the first half. Madison and uh, Vardy were linking up so well. I think Vardy only had a few, was it nine touches or something in the first half and had a yeah, goal and two assists. So it's just, yeah, he was, just goes to show the difference in quality. I think maybe, as I said this morning, that, that maybe take a step back, have a bit of perspective, who we were playing. Yeah. You know, it was a Leicester side that are absolutely rampant. You know, they've got, you know, Vardy, Madison, Perez wasn't on it as much yesterday, but yeah, they've got a very good side and they're, they're title contenders at the end of the day. So I suppose mm. we've got to take that perspective. Um, but yeah, yesterday, I think, I don't know, I think Graham did get it wrong to an extent. I think t- taking March out of a position where he's been arguably our best player of the season so far, I couldn't work that one out. I don't get why you wouldn't just keep it as it should be. Yeah. I don't get why you should put March further up when we know that March is our best left wing back. Yeah, by that, and that's what I mean. That's what I mean. He, he, I felt like if we had had March where he was, he could have come back and covered Burton. So that, that's sort of the point I was yeah. trying to get across. Maybe, maybe not well put. I get what but, you're um... saying. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think but... he's, just, he's just in the wrong place. Like he should, he should be just staying there. I don't get why we are taking him out of a position where he's been flourishing. Like we know that March isn't the best winger in the world and we know that he's not the best left back in the world but for some reason that left wing back suits him so well and I don't get why we try to play him on the wing again but on the right wing I don't I don't know what the whole thinking behind that was yeah. playing with one was, winger it, at one point in the game it, it was, was just, it was it was, was very, very baffling. weird yeah it was very baffling so and, and before I forget another another player that was out of place was Pascal Gross he was playing way too deep yeah and since lalana has been out Pascal's taken over his role and actually done really well the, the past five or so games yeah and having Pascal Gross that deep just yeah, that did not work at all, and that meant that we, had no, pace, we had no creativity in the final third, which yeah, just yeah right. proved the point even more. He was playing in the wrong position. Right. No, definitely. Uh, and Chris, um, obviously, you, you you put a tweet out as well, um, saying yeah, some great tweaks by Rogers. Um, Justin on the right swang the momentum. Uh, Premier League football is ruthless, and you could tell that again uh, to every Brighton fan. Uh, but yeah, so so you obviously clearly saw Justin uh, being a big big sort of part of that. Uh, the reason why they Leicester did so well. Do, do you think that it was a complete mismatch, or was it just the way that Brighton set up? Do you think? Um, I think it's firstly, I think it's quite indicative of how far you guys have come that you you kind of there's an expectancy to to play good football away from home at the King Power, obviously home and away totally um, blurred by the fact there's no fans. But yeah, um, yeah, like Ryan pointed out, this is a Leicester team in the ascendancy and mi- missing a few key components, but um, but very complete and very balanced as a side. I think the switch worked because uh, I also tweeted this or Brighton tends to tends to cross from deep. Uh, and in that sense, I suppose Burn was a little bit more comfortable knowing that uh, Dunk is probably going to clear it behind him. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I just I just felt like your defence were kind of eating that up, whereas you're a little bit more uncomfortable with James Justin driving to the byline um, and, and, and cutting it back. And yeah, I think it was just playing to Leicester's strengths. Like Jamie Vardy's movement in the box is obviously oh. very, very strong. Yeah. And and you're going to have sort of maybe Madison and then behind Madison, Tielemans lurking on the edge of the area. So those cutbacks are going to be a little bit more efficient than than tossing it into to Dan Byrne and, and, and Dunk to clear. And and Brendan Rodgers obviously saw an opportunity to, to get a burn as he was playing as an out-and-out left-back down that right-hand side. And, and for... James Justin to be delivering with a strong foot, right? And first time. And it's just, I feel like it's yeah. sometimes that, you know, if you're playing on, on your stronger side, and, and I know, you know, a lot of uh, progressive managers like to play with inverted wingers and, and you know, people cut in and, and cause mayhem in that sense. But with fullbacks, uh, if you can give yourself that extra second just to smash it across the face of goal, um, then yeah, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cause problems, and that's that's what I felt. Leicester, that's how I felt they they punished you guys last night. What's happened to Webster? Was he on the bench or was he injured? What what injured? What's happened yeah. there? Yeah, he's yeah. Injured. I think he's back yeah. in for the next one though. Hopefully, is that why he didn't play a three? I don't know. I think I think um, Burn. I when I read the team, I thought Burn would be playing in that left centre back, and that's, that's why I thought, I thought yeah. that March would be playing in the left wing back, and that's what I sort of yeah. thought. But then when I saw Burn playing left wing back, sort of left back sort of centre mid <laughs> I was just I was so confused and that yeah that's what it's a really weird game like it's, it's interesting because a lot of Brighton fans minutes. were sorry Ryan a lot of Brighton fans were oh. calling for Webster to kind of be dropped because he had a pretty poor run of form recently yeah. and now that he was he was well he was out of the team for maybe an injury 
um, yeah, we sh- we saw how much we actually do need him. Need that do you think that's why someone had to play a little bit deeper? Because when I watch, I've only I probably watched five or six Brighton games this this season, and Webster seems to be a little bit more daring in possession than I don't know. than maybe Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne, like weirdly enough, is. I remember reading some numbers last season where he was like unbelievable at progressing it into the final third. Yeah, or, ball carries. Or finding balls into the final third, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah Webster seems to be, I don't know, he, he seemed to be in, in charge of breaking the line, so to speak. But mm. maybe I'll just... No, you know, he does. I think Burns got, well. uh, sorry, Webster's got the, um, he's up there with one of the best ball carriers in Europe, I think, uh, yeah. statistically. But it's weird because a lot of Brighton fans sort of see him as like the, the clumsy centre back, and I think a lot of times he is, and it's weird because the main role, forgetting like the sort of modern football that Graham Potter wants to play, the main role of a centre back is to get rid of the ball, header it out, clear it, put in a challenge, and I think that's where Webster sort of lacks for what he has in like a ball playing role, and that's what I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's um. I think he was injured for the last one, but he will be in for the next one. And the same with yeah. Lana. I think he's on his way back as well. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. So I, th- I think Potter today um, said that Lalana is in line to return. Now, l- l- let's talk about Lalana because we all know, um, you know, we, all, we can all agree that he's a special player on his days. You know, uh, he's got the Cruyff turn in the, in the bag. He could do probably about a million Cruyff <laughs> turns um, when he wants to. But uh, no, uh, apart from that, he's, he's an incredible player. Uh, but the most frustrating thing, I think, for us as Brighton fans, and I'm sure, Chris, you've seen it for Liverpool, he's, he's just so injury prone. And, you know, we'll get him back for half an hour and then he'll get injured again. And, you know, he's so good when he's on the pitch, but he's not on the pitch enough <laughs> to, to impact the game, which is the most frustrating thing with, with him. Um, so I, I just don't know what it is, what we have to do. Do we have to, you know, maybe just look after him better or just not play him as much? I, I don't know what we need to do to keep him fit. But whatever it is, we need to do it quickly because I feel like we really, really lack in that forward a- in those forward areas. He's definitely um, our most like, instrumental, creative player. Yeah. Without a doubt. By, by um, far. But then, but then, but then we got. But then we got. We asked the question: Is all right, great. We create all these chances. But then, <laughs> who's finishing them? You know, we don't well, have yeah, that. Didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, well bet, didn't, he missed right. an absolute sitter. He missed yeah. an absolute sitter in the like, good save first from Casper compared to I, how poor Matt. I don't Ryan know. Was, like. I, I'm gonna have to argue that Ben because I, I personally think he should. I mean, be he would have chipped right away. So. <laughs> 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 to him. I mean, he's only five foot tall, isn't he? So it'd be easy. Uh, no. Nothing wrong with small, small to medium-sized blokes, mate. Right, mate. I'm five foot eight. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Chris. I'm, I'm five foot six on a good day, so don't. Yeah, don't worry, Chris. I'm six. I'm six two, Chris. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, we know who the alpha here is, then. <laughs> I was your height once. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway uh, we're not. Let's not have a dick contest. Uh, who's got the biggest yeah. dick contest? Um, let's talk about the football. Um, so. Yeah, uh, of course. You know, let, let's talk about Ryan then. So we, we've sort of touched the, we, we we touched on it briefly. Um, so mm. again, Chris, you you mentioned, um, of course, the quality, the sort of big big difference between Casper Schmeichel and Matty Ryan. Obviously, yeah, you got to admit that Casper Schmeichel's levels above Ryan, um, and he's, he's a very consistent goalkeeper. I think that's that's a great thing about Casper Schmeichel is he barely you barely ever see him make a mistake. He's mm. a very safe pair of hands, um, and you're just confident with him in goal. Um, do you are you so we've we've debated a lot uh, over the past couple of weeks whether to drop Ryan and bring Sanchez in, who's our uh, sort of third choice keeper. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on sort of getting rid of a goalkeeper sort of after a couple of bad performances? Do you like sticking with keepers or, or what are your views on that? I don't know if he's very, I can't say that I've, Matty Ryan, like I've singled him out. I've done a, I've done a deep dive on his numbers. Um, They've been poor. <laughs> but yeah, but if he's, uh, if he's... We can give you some stats if you want, because uh, he's, he's, he's the worst in the his, league for short stuff. I was going to say, I've heard his save percentage is the bottom of the league and it's sort of approaching Kepa territory from last season, which is around yeah. 40%, It's worse right? than Kepa's. Yeah, it's worse. Yeah, it's, it's the worst yeah. ever, I think, in the Premier League. <laughs> I think, I'm not, I think I'm when not it, joking. <laughs> I think when it gets to that point, I think he's demonstrated he's a fine goalkeeper. And like, yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to make a... A huge point on Twitter by saying Cash with Schmeichel's his levels above him. I actually think Schmeichel's probably somewhat underrated still. Uh, and mm-hmm. like you oh, said, definitely. they're a confident, confident keeper to the to the point where if he makes a mistake, you know, you actually believe him when he's blaming the yeah. back four, uh, no matter you know how much of a howler it is. But I think Danny Welbeck, like he's he's good at sticking that like trading leg out, doing that sort of like long barrier. Cash with Schmeichel, uh, Danny Welbeck, I think tries to come across the keeper doesn't he with his left foot it's it, it makes it look like a half decent save but 
Yeah, I, I think really like Welbeck should be doing a lot better. I've got a little yeah, bit more sympathy great. with um, Jahambash, who was whose effort was just sort of parried, wasn't it? Kind of like yeah. twelve yards out. I thought I thought that was a very good chance, but but the pitch made that harder, uh, made that chance a little bit hard to seize. And the pitch, I don't know if it was if it was like sodden on purpose, but that definitely sort of slowed up your your game. Um, yeah, well, it was, it was tremendous the rain before. The rain before. Yeah. Oh, it was, was, it was absolutely chucking. Yeah, it was uh, I, I, I tuned in at like two minutes before kickoff, so I, so I missed that. Oh, so yeah, that's, it, that's, it was absolutely That's a pretty oh, yeah. clear answer. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to really affect you guys more so than Leicester. Um, they seem to adapt a little bit more. And mm. when when um, when Pascal Gross sort of misplaced two passes in the first 30 seconds, I, I just thought that this is like extremely un- uncharacteristic of him. And like, is this going to, is this going to affect Brighton and, it, and it, you were you were decent for the first twenty, but yeah, it was a bit bit sluggish. I, I thought it wasn't the same Zuma, same zip. Zuma then, was even giving it away, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. And then no, no lamp to evil, which I think affects you guys big time as well, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, all, all in all, um, so so yeah, you know, we had our chances, like you said, you mentioned the Jan Bash chance, um, and of course the, the Welbeck chance. So we had our, we had a couple of chances early on. And thing I is, thought, we put those away with this clinical striker, and it's a completely different game. Like we, yeah, we go one 0 up, and it's completely different. And that's the difference, mm. isn't it? That's gonna, that's the difference between us and Leicester. They've got good players. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or good um, forwards, yeah. Better forwards. Yeah, yeah. no, d- definitely. And, and that's the frustrating thing, I think, from a Brighton perspective is we, we get we do get our chances, but we just never never take them. And then, of course, some momentum swang. And then, of course, uh, yeah, J- Justin down that right-hand side. Uh, Jamie Vardy, textbook Vardy for, that, for his goal was just, you know, crossing into the box. Nice little finish from Vardy. You know, mm. it, it was just textbook from him. And, of course, I, I think from that point onwards, that was sort of just just killed us off we had nothing about us after that we looked sl- you know we just didn't look interested anymore and uh, you know they killed us off at half time they got scored three goals and madison's third uh, sorry second oh, goal God. the third goal was just yeah incredible like you can't even you can't you just sort of put your hands up and say fair play lad like as soon as he left <laughs> well, his foot i thought yeah. i knew it was going top bins i just knew it oh i'm not gonna lie i'll show my housemate the the goal yeah and he's like all oh, right that was some sluggish step overs <laughs> i was like yeah and then he just absolutely pings it top bins he <laughs> sent like, yeah. dan burn back for a hot dog didn't he completely <laughs> but i was just like they, they were quite slow step overs but dan burn is about yeah he's as slow as anything mm. so he probably thought he was like bloody prime ronaldinho he's thinking what he's up against <laughs> um so yeah but no that, that was that was obviously nothing you can do about that um and then i'll be honest with you i'm not gonna lie to you boys i zoned out second half i don't even know what happened second half because i was just fe- i was fuming um so it a, yeah it was a rubbish half i think leicester kind of just settled for the three nil really yeah and we still we still struggled against them mm. um yeah it was, not much happened really it was, really was a poor view Give yourself a little bit more credit for the second half in the way that you didn't sort of mm. capitulate. And you no, know, when, Har- when Harvey Barnes comes on the pitch, like he is a fucking nightmare to play against mm. for the last thirty minutes of a game because, like, he's just developed into a into a brute yeah. man. He's got like speed, strength. His chest is, is fucking huge. <laughs> um, so it's so when he came on, I thought, okay, like this is Brendan Rodgers like looking for a fourth or fifth. Like Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I was thinking Brendan that. Rodgers doesn't just. Yeah. If he senses, you know, a big margin is there to be had, like it's not yeah. in his nature to shut up shot because he wants, you know, he he's nine goals like a lot of managers. <laughs> you know, he's. Yeah. he's, he's a, He's a bit egotistical, and I think he wanted that fourth or fifth and fifth goal. But but Brighton were you know more solid, maybe a little bit more forlorn up front. There was like two two or three occasions where Basuma just tried one from thirty yards. He was clearly yeah. just fed, fed up. But, um, he was trying I to thought, get his Instagram highlight reels. Up yeah, I thought, you, I thought you were a little bit tighter at the back. So it yeah. was if it had been three one, I think you'd come away from the King Power like all right, like James Madison scores that goal. It's three mm. one. It's not the worst day at the office, yeah. but yeah, like you said, we, we showed as Brendan Rodgers would say, we showed a bit of character, didn't we, uh, in the second <laughs> half? And uh, second half, no, yeah, yeah, second half, like first, first half, half, it was uh, just yeah. Yeah, that's what we disappoints me a lot actually the way we just sort of let our heads drop after the first goal and we just like sort of accepted the fact we're going to get destroyed and don't get me wrong I'm not taking anything away from Leicester but the way that we sort of just allowed them to just come on to us Dan Burn was so high up and we just let them literally take advantage of us completely but yeah I, I do agree with Chris that second half we were much better um, and we do we did actually have a few chances he said like Dan uh, Bissouma had a couple of shots and stuff but yeah I think it, it was probably yeah, this second half was probably a fair, fair draw in the second half. I think we can claim that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So, so 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 to summarise basically, because I know we're we're, we're sort of we're, I'm wary of time. So yeah, just to summarise, uh, you know, first half weren't at the races whatsoever, um, and second half, um, yeah, we showed some great character. We we actually did sort of you know really solidify sort of playing uh playing well <laughs> as far as I can push it. Um, and you know, and we sort of you know kept kept it respectable. And yeah. You know, it was it was what it was at the end of the day. We can't really moan too much. Lesser a great team, so what yeah. can we do? So, um, so just Chris, then um, let's sort of get the focus back on you, mate. Because you know, uh, we want to sort of delve a little bit more about into sort of what you're all about and what you do. Um, so, of course, just you mentioned football daily uh, daily earlier. Um, I know you, again, you, you talk about sort of how you got involved, uh, but how did the partnership with Sky come about? And can you tell us what the sort of reaction was like within the the football daily camp? Um, I, for the most part, uh, just focused on, on producing the content. Like for the first six months, it just felt like a little bit of a pipe dream. Um, mm. and like, it's almost like a self-defense mechanism. Like didn't really want to get my hopes up. So just carried on. I think most of the team did as well. Just carried on doing what we're doing. And, and we sort of left that to our very eccentric then CEO to, to hash out um i i don't know he, he was sort of this you know canadian former banker um i don't know if he's like an angel investor as well but so he, he was quite an eccentric guy and i imagine he he played a big part in getting the, the right people around the table um yeah whereas yeah we were sort of doing 12 14 hour days crunching out content in uh, an attic that we we're effectively squatting in with like old broadcast equipment with uh, in an office space where there was there was mold growing above like two of the computers and we actually had a bucket just in case it rained that would fill with water so it wasn't you know pre-sky uh, yeah. it's not exactly i wasn't working down a mine lads like don't, yeah. don't feel too, too <laughs> was, sorry gonna, for me i was gonna say but, Chris, it's, it's like a it's like a film this is like, yeah I but it's like Wolf, Wolf Wall black Street, and white but, no but in, in football I, daily zero glamour um and it was just like <laughs> Uh, and we were working for what we did have was a lot of uh, sort of uh, creative independence. No one was telling us what to do. Um, I think because largely they knew that they could that they could trust us to deliver right. Um, but it was really the, that that um, the sort of energy and the passion and the willingness to get to daily content really came from the team. There was no external pressure. It was a, it was more a matter of professional pride and sort of wanting to keep building momentum. So. So we sort of got to lead on the editorial, left left that side of things to to the aforementioned person or people, and um, yeah, it just it's just it was up in limbo for about a year, and then just happened. It was just confirmed in March 2017. I think a press release came out on yeah a random day in March. I can't quite remember, and it was almost like news to us when the press release came out. It was like oh, it's confirmed. It's actually happened, and then there was sort of a slow transition to to. I guess a heightened sense of professionalism, like oh, the offices have been given a fresh lick of paint, or like oh, there's no there's no hole in the ceiling, and oh, someone's someone's brought there's us no, like a brand new camera, which is there's no there's no class. more cockroaches in our in our life <laughs> yeah, pr pretty much like a bush tucker um, trial in the basement. <laughs> uh, but I I think they were keen not to Sky weren't heavy handed at all, like probably a bit standoffish. If anything, it was more like well, clearly these guys have like managed to uh like ascertain an audience let's not just come in and, and and destroy the essence of it i guess so it was more like here's some equipment here's here's like the means to level up and we'll see how you're doing in six months to a year's time and it's it's kind of progressed like that ever since but i guess now with you know i i uh, did the football social uh, down at sky studios joe does the saturday social every week um which obviously goes on linear tv there's a little bit more of a um overlap now i guess but but yeah it was it was it was a little bit sort of give and take for for a year or so even after the deal was struck yeah did you want to did you reckon sky part of the partnership do you reckon they wanted to learn a bit from you and understand how you were such a success on youtube do you think that played a part of them joining you when you join a massive corporate beast like Sky, I, you, you sort of, um, there's a healthy reminder of how small you are. And I think mm -hmm. as a YouTuber, when you're uh, at the helm of a channel, which is 
which is doing well views wise. And it's almost got, you know, it's got over a million subscribers at the time. You, you kind of feel like you become the center of your own universe. So in, in a sense, you, it was, a, it was a healthy reminder of how, how small we were, it, yeah. you know, and how little we were bringing to the, to the broader operation. But yeah. I think what they wanted, yeah, was insight in terms of how to, how to like proliferate, you know, content on youtube um how to package content on youtube i think their audience was maybe getting a little bit older at the time so they had you know that their average tv audience was maybe getting a little bit older that demographic so they had one eye on sort of okay how do we foster new allegiance you know through digital which made perfect sense it was it was a smart move uh, and we were sort of one part of that but there was you know a lot of there's a lot of digital teams at Sky whose who's MO would have been that as well, right? People that run the official Sky Sports YouTube channel, for example, people that were doing uh, Soccer AM's social pages. And, th and they're all doing a, a really good job at the time as well. So it was it was more, I think, yeah, Sky probably scratching scratching an itch. Um, yeah. and, and, and then, yeah, I, I, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of sort of collaboration at, I would say, yeah, after maybe a year, you know, but go on, mate. Sorry, come in. Yeah, no, no, it was, uh, no, that was, I, I can really sort of empathize and resonate with a lot of what you've said because I, I, so I used to do YouTube and nowhere near to sort of like the same level as yourself. But yeah, I went into, I work for Lab Bible now. So like from yeah. going from, from going from like working, you know, being like a, well, I, I was never a YouTuber, but like just doing YouTube videos um, to then go into a big corporate, I can res it resonates a lot with me. And like now, I'm literally like a yeah, I'm just a, a part of the cog, so to speak, uh, at Lab Bible. And you know, I contribute, of course, you know, to, to different projects and stuff. But like uh, the difference from going doing your own things and having that creative freedom to then being mm. not told what to do, but you know, having that that sort of direction and um, someone yeah. sort of looking looking over you is I can definitely resonate with that. So it's just interesting to hear. Well, that's what I was saying. There wasn't a massive culture shift at first, which is quite hard because it's almost like people people talk to me and they, they kind of expect Sky taking over to be this eureka moment, right? This kind of we've made it moment, but it was just very incremental. So it, nothing nothing changed for the first year, which is what I'm trying to articulate, barring those those uh, like superficial things that I mentioned, right? And then after a little while, it was like, okay, maybe your content should mature a little bit. Maybe you shouldn't just be you know, throwing people under the bus, maybe your argument should have a little bit more weight to them. Like you've, this is, you've got to think about it. Not like you're not uh, free to say what you want anymore, but mm. um, because, because you're representing a, a larger brand. So yeah, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> you it should, wasn't you like tell censorship. It was like, don't, don't call David <laughs> oh, yeah. Wise a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, definitely. You should you should, get, you should tell that to Patrice Everett because um he, he he just he says whatever he wants on Sky. So um, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was that was mad. Yeah, no comment. I did a post. I did a post about that earlier, and it absolutely banged. Um, but yeah, no, he he's, he he loves it. So um, no, it's very no. But it's all joking aside. It's it's very interesting to hear um sort of the way the way you you come from you know maybe a smaller organisation to so to speak to then sort of incorporate yourself in such a big you know a huge everyone knows you know in the UK any sport fan knows Sky Sports um hmm. so to have your name and and you know I don't know about you guys but when I was growing up you know B the BBC that was like always my dream you know yeah. BBC Sport that was like that was my dream you know to always get BBC Sport and then as I got older I was like actually fuck BBC <laughs> I want to I want to go to YouTube like I want to become a YouTuber um yeah so like it's, it's just interesting to see the how we sort of yeah we have our aspirations when we're younger and we sort of go uh, you know as we go through life we find our own sort of little space and um you know we smash it and, and you know fair play to you guys you you really found your niche and you really ran with it um and i really respect that um, sounds like a shameless really time it. to uh plug tsr doesn't it really everyone get your plugs out everyone get your plugs everyone, out. Everyone follow uh, TSR for uh, <laughs> sorry sticking on the uh youtube subject chris so um i guess sorry, over the past several years we've seen all these big big companies joining YouTube, like Sky, like you mentioned, mm. BT, and they've really started to like kick on now and actually produce some decent YouTube content. They're kind of understanding the YouTube algorithm more. And, and what, so what's it been like for Football Daily having to now compete and go, or go shoulder to shoulder with these massive companies? Like, are you relishing the challenge of competing with the likes of BT and all these massive companies? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a really good observation um, because you do start to, you know, cannibalize your own audience in a sense but that's where you know tonally editorially you have to make sure that your parameters are well defined that your product has a appeal it's just it's just a 
sort of a call to arms to be to be better, to be honest. Um, like I said, coming into this call, that there have been periods at Football Daily where we feel like we've found a formula, where we've drawn up a schedule, a programmatic schedule, almost like a television channel. And that content's gone out on that day, regardless of kind of what's happening in the football calendar. So I guess in a sense, when you find... When you find something that works and you become comfortable with it, you then become a little less daring, a little safer, and and your product becomes a little bit more vanilla or, or, or predictable. And I think that probably happened to us. Uh, it, it coincided with with lockdown, which was a bit of a double whammy. Yeah, uh, quite quite hard to navigate. But then, but then all of a sudden, you kind of like snap out this this creative funk, and you're like, no, like why wouldn't why wouldn't top tens or or whatever be on a a slow decline over the last year. We've not refreshed them. We've not updated them. There's uh, another market, like you pointed out, is much more competitive. Like you've you've got a you've got to retain or enhance that appeal. So it's 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 challenged us to make better content. And if and if we're making the best content we think we can make, and we're still not getting the views, like I can live with that. That's absolutely fine. But when views are down, and when Sky and BT are producing smarter, savvier you know, YouTube videos and you're like, shit, why didn't I think of that? Like that's <laughs> when you know you've become a little bit, a little bit stale. So we've gone through a little bit of an overhaul. It might not appear, appear like it from the outside looking in, but it's been a little bit, it's been more difficult to, to sort of instill without a studio space, without that, that sort of collective space we had um, in central London. Um, but we've, we've found a way. And I think the guys are now like, you know, if, if we're at football daily version, if, you know, three, when we entered lockdown, we're now kind of like 3.5. And when we get to four, that's, that's when I tend to like be happy or be, you know, be, be content for the next six months. And then, and then we'll look to add to that again in the future. So you're right. It's, it's just, it's like, you're, only, you're kind of only as good as your last video. So if, if we kind of get, if we get cornered out of the market by the big dogs, but, but I still think the content that we're putting out is unreal, then, then I can definitely live with it. And you mentioned lockdown as well, Chris. Um, obviously, that, that's in, for example, that's impacted my work life as well. Um, obviously, yeah. working from home, I, I, same as you, you know, office in central London, you know, 230 people in the office, you know, you really bounce ideas off people. Um, and 230 uh, people, fuck yeah. Hell. We're, we're not, you know, <laughs> people, people think Lab Bible literally like three guys in their boxes sitting there, you know, doing, you know, bashing away on the computer, uh, but uh, not not bashing themselves, bashing the computer. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, well, yeah, we were really, really grown. And, um, but no, so going back to my original point, you, you, you've thrown me. Um, so <laughs> in regards to, uh, to lockdown, obviously it's, it's been tough to, you know, bounce ideas off people and, mm. um, you know, live events, for example, you know, I went to the uh, FIFA tournament event and, you know, covered it for, for, for Sport Bible and Oz Bible, et cetera, and doing it for that. And it was really you know, great going to these live events. Um, and that's really impacted us. Does, does that have an impact on you guys in terms of covering live? Like, do you guys cover live events? Like, would, does that impact you in part of lockdown? Or Yeah, it's definitely like that's, that's definitely part of like our content becoming a little bit, bit samey, right? Because we weren't being invited to these, you know, we weren't getting those 10, 15 minutes uh, interviews you know sporadically there was like a healthy flow of interviews coming in uh for a one to two year period where we were able to make like access we call it access driven content you know once or twice a month and that might have been shit what did we call it i think i thought of the name um oh my god i've just it was, it was the that name. it was that good i've just forgot, forgot the name of a show yeah <laughs> cl clearly it, it, it stayed with me um yeah. it was unfiltered so like we would go through you know with footballers instagram page like nothing revolutionary but it's nice oh, to yeah. get a, a face on the channel and sort of mm. i suppose in the eyes of viewers uh validates you in a, in a way and sort of validates the team's efforts as well you know when there's a team of there's 15 of you and you're working your balls off and you're making you know you're not seeing daylight for for a long time like 15 <laughs> minutes with uh jan oblak in barcelona feels like the fanciest yeah. thing ever right yeah, uh, yeah and it yeah, feels yeah. like it's like a very tangible way of, of explaining to people the team uh, you know we're making progress this is this is becoming something so uh, there's been like less yeah moments like that which have probably made morale harder to keep up but the guys i think because of where we started it's all they've always been quite hardy anyway so it's not yeah. like 
oh, and, you know, we're not being invited to these events where we get f- free booze. I mean, that that is nice, but it's <laughs> but it's like they're got, just they're just as content making, you know, top tens from from home, you know, yeah. good, good content from home. So I've dropped. I was I was gonna I was gonna say, funny enough, I was actually at an event with Joe and is it Zach. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, I was in a, uh, an event in Milan with them. Um, we all met. Dive oh, Ballard, nice. so it, it can't. It can't go. It can't be that bad, surely. Uh, people, <laughs> everyone's. Everyone's living. Um, so no, it's, it's, it's it, no. But of course, with, with lockdown, obviously, it's been a massive impact. So you know, it's very, it's very frustrating. Uh, but you know, like you said, people making do with sort of what what you have, uh, the resources you have available to you. Um, so it's very, very interesting. And, and yeah, I think it's been a great insight into all that. Um, so just, just quickly, then let's go back to the sort of the football and sort of the main reason why we're here. Uh, let, let's talk about um the fulham fulham game so we obviously leicester um played fulham not too long ago and actually got beat by them uh, they just got a result against liverpool one all a huge result with 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 crowd so ryan uh, you uh, kick us off um how do you see obviously again uh, just for anyone's not aware uh, tier three has been introduced in london as well so no fans at the game how do you see that impacting um the, the game on wednesday yeah of course it'll be a big impact i mean like as you say, a lot of people were um, saying that, you know, the fans made a big difference for them against Liverpool. Mm. Um, but, you know, for us, we need to be thinking, we need to be getting at least four points from our next two games because, you know, we we are in in that relegation scrap now with yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, we've been, yeah, we we've are been in relegation. Into it. Um, I don't know. I think you're so much better than that, though. I think the table's I think we are. Don't, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I think we are. But if you don't score your goals, then you deserve to be yeah. down there. Chris, like, Chris are, you, are, you, are you an XG merchant, Chris? Yeah, oh, proper. I'm a proper little... Oh, <laughs> no. Chris, I mean, to be on, fair, I'm, I'm on really it now like since you. Liam. I'm on it now, too. I love. Oh, Listen, that's it's a hill I'm willing to die on, lads. Chris, I was really starting to like you, and then I found out you're an XG merchant. I can, I can no, live but, with it, mate. It's cool. But uh, as I say, like, if you don't... <laughs> you got done there, lads, mate. Um, <laughs> um, but no, as I say, like, yeah, for us, it's a it's a big game. We need to be looking at Fulham. I know they're in good form at the moment, but we need to be thinking we need to get at least four points out of our next two. Ideally, mm. six points, because, you know, Sheffield United have only got one point all season. Um, yeah, all, and, you know, all I'm saying is, if we do not beat Sheffield United, relegate Jesus. us now. I'll say it right now. I'll, I'll, I'll well, die. Well, we've lost that game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've lost Honestly, that game. Then, if we lose, if we lose, just relegate us. I, I'm happy to take relegation because that is a, they are a shambles. They're worse than Derby County 0809, whatever season it was. They are a shambles. <laughs> Absolute bad, shambles. Yeah. They are that bad. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, sorry, Ryan. Go on, go on. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just I think there's some big changes. Like I put it on my Twitter. I was quite vocal about. It. I think we need to make some changes now. We need to go in and just, you know, reassess, think what we're doing at the moment isn't working clearly. Um, we need to take Ryan out, definitely. Uh, I think he's just not good mm. enough. Sorry. I'm, I'm Matty Ryan is just not good enough. And I don't want to go in on him too much, but um, he's just not it. He's really not. And I've, I've never been on the Matty Ryan hype. I've, same with Byrne, really. Um, he's just three years ago. He um, he had a decent season, but he still made those mistakes. The alarm bells were there, and the and the mm. common factor is he's too small. Um, he's not big enough to be a goalkeeper, <laughs> and I don't care. He just isn't. So, yeah, I've I've had enough now. I think we need to just change it up. We need to get Sanchez in there or Walton, whoever it may be. Um, Even Jason really Steele. Steel. <laughs> um, I'll have a go if you want, but no, I just I literally <laughs> I don't care anymore. Just put a different goalkeeper in. Uh, Alzate for me needs to be back in the midfield. Um, I'd say, why not just give Sakiri a go? What's he done? Has he hit Potter's cat or something with a car? I don't know, but I just <laughs> think like I don't, I don't know where Sakiri is. I've got no idea. Um, mm. Welbeck played a bit of mare, but we know he can score goals. Mopey actually had a good Zakiri, game. Only thing um, on Sakiri, Ryan. The question I, I, I'll post to you with Sakiri okay. is: Would you chuck Sakiri in with no game time whatsoever under his belt? Would you chuck him in for a quite a big game against Fulham? Why not? What like at the end of the day, this is why this is why I said to someone on Instagram because they asked that exact same question, and I literally said, "What we're doing right now in front of goal isn't working, and it hasn't been all season. So what have we realistically got to lose? Like, well, okay, we won't well, score. We could lose. We could so lose what? points, but yeah, um... but that's what I'm saying. But we haven't got anything to lose because in front of goal we've been no, so no, poor. I, and no, um, all, we, if yeah, we want to talk about the expected goals and stuff, like expected goals wise, we should be in that top six. Um, mm. And that says a lot. <laughs> so we yeah. need to be taking our chances. And what, what's the what's the harm in giving someone a go? A young guy who we bought in in the summer. You know what, yeah. what's the harm in it? What, what's the worst he can possibly do? 
you know. Yeah. And Chris, um, what can you do for us? Can you have a word at Celtic and get Eduard over to Brighton, please? Yeah, do. <laughs> oh, I think that well, ship actually, sailed. You were you were linked yeah, with Dembele we a yeah, long yeah, time yeah. ago. And I think yeah, Dembele was because... Christmas Day that, when we were linked with him. Oh, that, was going my through. life peaked at that moment. I remember. You know, I've got a soft spot for Brighton, but he was like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to Brighton. And I think the club were trying to force him to go to a Premier League team because we were getting better money, right, than, uh, than was coming from the continent. And he was just like, I'm not going to Palace or Brighton. <laughs> and I was kind of like, <laughs> wow. yeah, fair enough. No, and, I, and that's, I, I respect, yeah, that's when he had his little falling out with, uh, with, with Brendan Rodgers. But um, ultimately he went to Lyon and he's... He's been very, very good since, hasn't he? And and what was it? He was subject of a 50 million bid from Chelsea last summer. So he's probably made the right decision. I think yeah, Eduard will probably go to a to a bigger club. But you you guys operate in the same sort of space as Celtic. Like yeah. it's transfer-wise. And, and I think Brighton have shown that there's there's a bunch of there's still value in the market, particularly given like the the COVID crisis, right? You've got um uh, the the fullback from Ajax because with V his oh, name Velt- is just escaping. Velt- Velt- yeah, Veltman Velt- 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 was yeah. like under a mil, right? Yeah, no, and he's, okay. and he's and he's slotted into your eleven. Like he's he's clearly able to deputise in a number of positions. Like he's a he's a useful guy. It's just you're kind of in the in the position where I suppose you're shopping for. I quite like Connolly. I quite like Mopay, but like mm. Connolly's not probably, good enough, my friend. Yeah. They're probably mm-hmm. he's, he's useful though, isn't he? I guess he's got like a useful yeah. skill set. He's he's useful Chris, Chris, yeah, Chris, he's really good at running around, but then when it comes to putting the ball in the back of the net, yeah. he's not so he's not so uh, good. At that. Yeah, he's maybe been a little bit unlucky. Um, when was he hauled off after like an hour sixty five? Yeah, minutes? against Liverpool, Liverpool. And he yeah, I thought he was a little bit unlucky there. Yeah. But no, no, yeah, he was actually he was. he was actually good. Uh just mm. on the on the subject of Celtic, Chris, um <laughs> we've got to talk about Shane Duffy because he's been getting <laughs> uh, obviously he's on loan <laughs> from Brighton. He's he's on loan from Brighton. Um he's been he's been we actually funny enough, we he actually did a carousel on Instagram. Um, yeah. It was one of our best performing carousels because it was a it was a lot of slides basically just just ripping into Shane Duffy basically. Um, but of course, you know he's, he's a fan favorite. We love him. You horrible uh, but... bastard. <laughs> yeah, it was well, ma- it was mainly Rangers fan. Rangers fans have yeah. Like, it's like, basically, it's actually, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the Rangers fans jumped on it. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, j- just quickly give us a summary of how his season's gone. And has he been as bad as everyone's making out? Um, a lot of people. Like Celtic fans, this is a it's an emotional combustible season, right? And you know this this fixation on the ten has meant that like Lennon, I think, has largely got a pass for faring horrifically in Europe, mm. losing like shipping eight goals to a team that came third in the Czech <laughs> first division um, in nineteen twenty. I, I can see the anger in your eyes. Like Chris, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like not it's not a good look. It's like, like Ben like, last week. And blaming Shane, <laughs> Shane Duffy is like the, it's, it's easy to scapegoat Duffy. Um, yeah. But I, I also think he's 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 deserved it. He's deserved it at times. I suppose that that criticism, not like it, not like the personal attacks on him. They're never really warranted. But playing Shane Duffy as the ball playing centre half in a three, I think every Celtic fan was like, that's <laughs> not what we expected. That's like, Shane Duffy got rid of him. Yeah, he's like not a libero. He's like he thinks he's got that fucking forty yard diags in it. He hasn't. <laughs> like, and I, I <laughs> like him. I like him for what he is. But like, I think just a little bit of uh, like better management, a, a, a defensive system that, that that compensates for his his lack of like athleticism. Is is a is a good place to start. Like I still think he's a good squad player to have for this campaign for a couple mil. Um, but like playing him next to Frimpong, who's very attack minded, or like him in a three. Like I said, it's it's really not the one, boys. Hmm. Yeah. That's exactly well, as you say why we got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. In, and I saw actually some people saying, "Oh, we need Duffy and Murray back." Are you mad? No, <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> That's exactly why we got rid of. That's them, the last thing we, we do need. not need. Them. Yeah. And it's people yeah, are scared of change, love, isn't it? Yeah, and I love they both of them. Don't get me wrong; they've been brilliant. But you know, their time's come and gone, and we need to move on. And that's what I was saying about Bernard Ryan. We need to just move on. Forget the loyalties. We need to just progress now. We need to look at change their team up. Go to Fulham. Get yeah. three points. I think it was also a little bit of a vanity thing for Celtic fans when he came and it was like, because he picked us over West Ham, right? And it was like, we still have a little bit of clout. We can still get like it's a, a dream Premier move, League, wasn't it? Yeah, a Premier League player. And I think, I think you've said like a lot of Celtic fans, there's, there's a great um, podcast called The Cynic and they did a, they did a scout report on him and, and they were like, yes, he's completely the wrong profile, but like he's, he's Irish. He's the captain of <laughs> Ireland. Like Celtic fans are obviously just going to like, from an emotional no, standpoint, either. be yeah, firmly yeah, behind yeah. this. Yeah. 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 And I, I, it's not like even before he'd kicked a ball, even before he'd like not played well in certain systems, 
he was probably the third best centre-half at Celtic. Um, mm. So my expectations are quite realistic with him. Uh, and I, I don't mind him, uh, you know, having him around for, for this season. Like, I think I think we're probably going to need that that depth, particularly if people yeah. go in January. So, so the big question is: Would you have him back permanently? Pro- probably not. And that's not. And that's you know, even if he played really well, even if he was solid from here here on in, I think you could you could go to you know the the bottom half of League One and find a centre half. Yeah. Uh, with a with a more compatible well, skill set for however I don't know how Lenny well, wants Sal- to play, Sal- which Sal- makes recruitment really hard, mate. To be honest, well, Saliba's Saliba's around. He 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 said he wants to leave Arsenal, so snap him up, get Celtic yeah. to, to going for him, Saliba. Hey, yeah, we snap him up, and then and then some lumbering six foot five centre forward for Hamilton will snap him in half. Mate, so. <laughs> 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 unbelievable not, scenes, not unbelievable scenes. No, he's quite um, a big, he's quite a big lad to be fair to me, Saliba. I don't know what's going wrong, wrong there at Arsenal, but yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's very baffling. Um, oh, but no, so yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. So just just quickly, actually, let's let's talk about Arsenal because they're funny enough in a relegation battle with us, which is um, which is a first. You know, twenty twenty, full of surprises as always. Um, so it's always nice to see Arsenal. You know, we, we can talk about being in amongst Arsenal now, uh, yeah. just not at the top of the table, more at the bottom. <laughs> um, so no, it's, you know, it's gotten to him that much. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not in a relegation battle with us. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, just quickly then. Um, obviously, do we all anticipate Arsenal? remaining down there <laughs> or do you think we're, they're going to sort of yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll turn it around before it's too late when they they're a big club they'll, they will they'll but sort it I, think, out. I can't i can see them being there for a long time there's there's no signs that they're going to come out of it this mm. is really the thing isn't. this is, i agree I, I feel like there's nothing about them that strikes me as of oh actually oh you know he's got hit they got him or you know that person's doing this or you know their midfield look looks good or their no, defense true. looks solid there's there's nothing that i can pick out from that team that gives me any kind of encouragement for their like hands. for like they're like Pretty, pretty worse than us, I'd say. <laughs> like, I wouldn't take like, many uh, of their defenders. W- with you boys, it's orders. like you normally you, there'll come a point in, t- in time when, like, you've been unlucky, but you'll revert to the mean, right? And that's why I think Brighton will finish comfortably, like t- between tenth and twelfth. Like with Arsenal, their underlying numbers suggest they are exactly where they deserve to be, which, like Ben yeah. said, is pretty harrowing. Like that, Arsenal mm. deserve to be fifteenth. <laughs> so quite clearly, there's there's it's there's something i mean saying something wrong is like totally fucking obvious isn't it but but something that's like irreparable and yeah. we've obviously heard from i think london football did an article about how um arteta has accused louise of being the leak in the dressing room and Urzel and socrates are like you know have got a stranglehold on on the, on the dressing room and the fact that arteta has kind of fallen out with some youngsters as well in, in like saliba because saliba was an emery signing doesn't really like bode well if you're falling out with like the seasoned veterans and mm. and the youth it's so so something's mm. got to give and i actually i'm pretty bullish on arteta becoming a good manager when you when arsenal have played like you don't get results against the top six in the manner that they did and not be tactically proficient right but um yeah i i think i think they'll probably finish mid-table and and deserve it i'll ask you mm. like you boys where do you think Brighton will finish then like are you as confident as I am because obviously you've joked about relegation there but like do you, do you think you're a, a, a mid-table a mid side well no it's a very good question I, I, from my perspective going into the season I was really confident I was like right I genuinely think with this squad we've got I think we can easily finish 14th well, you know mid-table um, you know comfortably we wouldn't be looking behind our shoulders and you know worrying about relegation but now <laughs> you're asking me right now I genuinely think we are in a relegation battle but I, I think we will survive and quite comfortably in that respect. But I feel like we're going to be in and around where we are now, to be, to be perfectly honest with you, because I just feel like we don't have enough up top and our goalkeeper mm. is not good enough. So that's just my perspective. But yeah, Brian and Ben, I'm sure they've got their own views on it as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in the sense of, yeah, again, we'll mention expected goals. It literally shows what's wrong with the club at the moment. The goalkeeper and the fact we have forwards that, cannot finish their dinner and can't we need hit to, a barn door with a banjo they cannot hit a barn door with a banjo ben and it is yeah it's pretty horrific and mm. the moment we finished we sort that out and it's much easier said than done because finding a good striker in january is borderline mm. impossible and yeah. signing a goalkeeper cheaply is also borderline impossible in january well, that's so, a forster Trying to get rid of him, I... <laughs> no, he's not in the club anymore. Oh, is he, oh, is he not? Is he not? No. Oh, so I we, thought you were joking. Signed, 
No, no, we signed him on loan from Southampton. And then he was like, uh, okay, like he had an outstanding season. And part of the reason that Celtic, like I went to the Stadio Olimpico when we beat uh, Lazio 2-1. And uh, like, he's just he's just unreal, mate. Um, mm. I mean, for the whole season. And he was masking a lot of Lennon's kind of defensive um, deficiencies. And like, he's far, far too good to be rotting on the bench at Southampton. Single-handedly mm-hmm. won you that League Cup pretty much, didn't he, against Rangers? Yeah, we had, yeah, they had like um, <laughs> eight shots on target, <laughs> and we won one 0 no, like, On his, yeah, on his day, he's actually the, he's actually an incredible goalkeeper. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I'd take. Um, do you remember we were linked with that Czechia? Was it Czechia? I can't say his name. Oh, well, the, the Traps and the, Traps and um, Yeah, Traps and Spore. Yeah, um, we were linked yeah. with him, weren't we, back in say July um, for like twenty million. So whether that was you know any concrete in that, whether we continue that on to January, we'll soon see. But um, I can imagine he's had a pretty good season there. I looked him up a little bit yesterday. It looks like he's been really good. So, yeah, he'll probably come at quite a price, especially in January. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think that's the that's the two things we're lacking. And to answer your question as to where we're going to finish, well, if we don't sort that out, then we're going to be in and around that bottom six, I think is, is an mm. obvious answer. Because there was a point um, in the season where you're only allowing, like I think it was up until two weeks ago, 9.4 shots on on your goal per night, which is the best in the league. So mm. so it's not even like defensively, no, defense you're, you're is okay. or, or Matt Ryan's yeah, got no. a lot to do. The right? defence is yeah. okay. But like, as I say, when I think the trouble is, because as I say, with uh, his shot, accurate, shot uh, saves or whatever it is, uh, percentages, he is like he lets in more than he than he saves. So mm. if we make one mistake in, in defence, you almost definitely know it's gonna yeah. if it's on target, it's gonna go in. <laughs> it's gonna, it's You're so, literally like yeah. Chelsea, but instead of Ch- the Champions League, it's, it's mid table to, to relegation. Like, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> much. exactly. Um, so until we get a better goalkeeper and a better striker, as I say, we will not we won't be challenging yeah. in that top top ten. <laughs> I think uh, that could be our title of our podcast, the Primark Chelsea. Maybe we can go with that <laughs> for, the, for the for the podcast title. Um, but no, but no, Chris, <laughs> we appreciate we appreciate you got other commitments going, on and uh, yeah, we really really appreciated your your time. Um, so yeah, no, we really really uh, loved having you on. It's been a great insight into the world of of what you do, um, and of course, um, sort of giving us some 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 gems as well. So really really appreciate your time, and I hope you enjoyed being on the pod. Yeah, it was class. I'll definitely come back on, lads. Um, oh, really enjoyed legend. it. Um, and no, without sounding to sign a contract, Chris. Without sounding condescending, like Brighton are just a lovely little club that I've got a lot of time for. So lovely yeah. little club. That's part of our problem that we're too nice, but that's a, that's a, yeah, another that's topic. No, to talk about. Don't let anyone tell you that nice is a weakness, mate. All right, just yeah. I think Brighton. I honestly just think. Like, stick to your guns. Yes, I mean, if one player is standing out like you've, you've highlighted in Matt Ryan, he's, he's, he's got to at least be, like, taken out of the firing line for a few games, right? Uh, and, and hopefully, like I said, you'll just revert to the meme. But I think anything short of a mid-table finish would be, like, um, would be deeply unfair on the work that Graham Potter's done. No, yeah, 100%. Oh, actually, I'm going to say one positive before we end. Again, I think Eve Basuma was good. Um, just because legend. we've been very <laughs> because we've been very critical I think yeah Eve Bissouma had another good game again yeah. I, I, I will not be surprised to see him head off soon yeah. and, and, and of course, <laughs> also another honourable mention as well Ben White he's obviously class yeah, um, yeah. link with United he, as well yeah, so aesthetically <laughs> pleasing passes in your team which I'm a huge yeah. fan of like yeah. Pascal Gross this, as well yeah this is the thing, like I, I, I'm sure you, you you know this, Chris. And if you don't get to know, because Lewis Dunk yeah. for me for for me Lewis Dunk genuinely, I think he's one of the best passers of the ball at, at centre half position. Yeah. Like I think his range of passing is incredible for a centre half. Same with Ben White. Um, like you said, we've got some great 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 ball. Uh, you know, even David Proper, who's not been playing, he's a, he's an incredible passer of the ball. Uh, yeah. Maybe not the most mobile, but um, yeah, great, great passer of the ball. He looks like and... he works at CEX, or he, at, least <laughs> at least he did when he first arrived. You know, before like that's cool. that, that classic, like before a British yeah. barber gets their hands on like, like a, a big monster, big monster, a player from the air division, yeah. 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 monster yeah. 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 Ye
that's amazing. That's that's amazing. Um, no, that, that's works class. Proper works at CEX. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got we got two we got two podcast titles. We got we got David Proper works at CEX. <laughs> or we've got or we've got Primark Chelsea. We're, 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 yeah, whoever's listening on YouTube, uh, make sure you put down in the comments which one you want to see as the podcast title. Yeah. Um, for for, for ne- we'll put it on for next week because we can't do it obviously if you're commentating. Anyway, uh, um, anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. I really really appreciate it, Chris. Again, once again, thank you very much for coming yeah, on. Thank you, man. Um, uh, yeah, of course, Chris. Ben and Ryan, always a pleasure. Uh, never a chore with you two. And uh, well, yeah, make sure. We don't win much, do we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, please, uh, please, obviously, if you watch on YouTube, please like, comment, um, and subscribe. It does mean a lot to our channel. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.